Welcome to Tee Up Logistics Insights, presented by iDrive Logistics and ShipCaddy. Our hosts take a deep dive into logistics, supply chain, and small parcel shipping with special emphasis on the landscape of the e-commerce industry and behind the scenes of the warehouses supporting the backbone of American business. Welcome to Tee Up Logistics. This is Jake Wertner, Executive Vice President at iDrive Logistics, and I'm really excited to do this podcast today. This is my sixth or seventh podcast so far, and we've covered a, a range of topics. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the supply chain and logistics issues that happen during wartime. That's really brought on because of what's happening in the Ukraine. And first and foremost, our hearts really go out to those that are affected by this. I think it's affecting a lot of people. It's heartbreaking to see what's happening. The invasion of Ukraine by Russia has really created a, an immense humanitarian disaster. Our hearts go out to those that are affected, and we're really hoping for a peaceful resolution as soon as possible, that these people can start to pick up the pieces of their lives and recover. Today, we plan to look at some of the economic impacts as well as shipping and logistics impacts of businesses during a large conflict. So there's this quote that I I read that I love, and it's by Sun Tzu. I hope I pronounced that right, but this was a, a Chinese military strategist from many years ago, back around 500 BC. And the quote is, the line between disorder and order lies in logistics. And I think that's such a good quote for today's topic, as well as overall for what we're going through in the logistics space, specifically around that disorder and order. Today, I'm going to talk about some of the operational issues that we're seeing because of this crisis that's happening, as well as what the oil and gas prices are doing to shippers, and then the cost increase that the carriers are taking. And so we're really going to get into a few of these different topics. So first, let's talk about the effects in Ukraine and Russia around some of these small parcel carriers. FedEx, UPS, and DHL have announced that they're halting operations in Ukraine and Russia for obvious reasons, and I'll I'll get into some of those specifics here in a minute. They announced on their website on February 24th, and, and here's how it reads. We are closely monitoring the situation and have contingency plans in place, including temporarily suspending inbound and outbound services to Ukraine and inbound services to Russia until further notice. So a lot of companies are pulling out of Russia right now for political reasons and to stand in solidarity with the rest of the world, basically, in support of Ukraine. But when it comes to FedEx and UPS and DHL stopping operations inside of Ukraine as well as Russia, it's not just politically motivated. It's also operationally motivated. It's really tough to deliver in a war zone. And there's some interesting things that have come out, some articles and studies that have come out about how to operate logistics during a full-scale conflict. But even just as a few days ago, there were 140 merchant vessels stuck at Ukrainian ports for various reasons. But the biggest reason is that there was no way to offload these vessels, as well as some of them were carrying goods that were sanctioned, so they couldn't take them anywhere. And it puts them in a really tough situation. One such example was recently shared by Elizabeth Bra. So I'm going to focus on that for just a minute. 
Elizabeth Bra, she's a columnist at the Foreign Policy. She wrote this article titled The Invasion of Ukraine is Causing Crisis at Sea. Really good read. I encourage you to read it. But let me give you an example of how this conflict affects the operations of businesses and in particular shipping and logistics companies. Elizabeth says, on March 1st, the crude oil tanker NS Champion suddenly encountered an urgent problem. It was steering towards Scotland's Orkney oil terminal. Like many other cargo vessels, the NS Champion sails under a Liberian flag, but it was owned by Savcomplot, Russia's largest shipping company. So on February 24th, the U.S. government had placed the company under sanctions. Even so, the tanker had the right to make its next port call because sanctions don't affect ships that are already en route. But before it arrived, the British government announced it was immediately closing UK ports to Russian vessels. The champion had to sail on, oil undelivered, to its next point of call, which was Denmark's port of Skagen. Very soon it won't be able to deliver its oil there either. The EU is expected to imminently follow the UK's lead and close all ports to vessels owned or operated by Russian companies or sailing under the Russian flag. You know, Canada just did it. And then... Switzerland-based Mediterranean shipping company, the world's largest shipping company, has announced that it's suspending all container traffic to and from Russia. So quite a precarious situation here, right? You've got all these containers and flow of goods and things like that that are having to reroute at a much higher cost or not able to deliver their product at all. And so this conflict is causing much more issues than a lot of people realize. As I was preparing for this podcast, I really got interested in logistics and transportation during widespread conflict or during wartime. And there's not a lot of studies out there around it, but I did find one. This was done back in 2008. It was done out of Finland around mapping logistical challenges in a conflict zone. And the author is Mimi Poisty. I hope I pronounced that right. But really what they did was they studied these different conflicts in different regions and tried to figure out, you know, what are the, the barriers that are faced most often for these logistical challenges and how to overcome them. And so what she found out as she was doing this study was that there were a ton of studies around logistical issues when it comes to natural disasters, but not much when it comes to wartime conflicts. So I'm going to summarize a little bit of what she talks about in her studies, but really A study of last mile distribution systems that encompasses local distribution centers as well as transport vehicles and people in the disaster affected areas, that was what the basis of the study was done off of. They really present a good model for resource allocation and routing decisions during these times of conflict. According to her, the most prominent logistics problems for the last mile are limited transportation resources, damaged transportation infrastructure, and then inefficient coordination between different parties. So making distribution plans that are efficient and effective in the challenging environment, such as a wartime situation, are extremely difficult. And really, cost efficiency is one of the biggest drivers of that, as well as safety, that makes it extremely difficult. And so you see FedEx and UPS and DHL, and they suspend their operations. And maybe at first look, you think, okay, great, they're standing in solidarity. They're you know, trying to stand up to what's happening, just like a lot of these other companies. But there's actually a much more logical reason behind it. I'm sure there's humanitarian reasons, but the logical reason is they simply cannot execute in these countries during 
times of uncertainty and the danger that happens there, as well as the local infrastructure that is just not there. And so they can't do it. And so for the foreseeable future, FedEx, UPS, and DHL will not be delivering in those countries. And that affects those individuals there as well as the companies, right? And so there's a lot of economic impact from these carriers not being able to deliver products there. It puts people in a really tough spot. And the interesting thing is the world is so intertwined now more than ever around supply chain and where you're allocating some of your resources. And most of the time, companies aren't getting all of their goods from just one country. It's a mix. Maybe they're getting part of their product from one country, part of the product from the other country. It's then assembled in a third country or a fourth country. And there's a lot of complexity there. and It's really intertwined. And so when something like this happens and these carriers can no longer operate there, it really puts people at a disadvantage. It's a very difficult situation. There's a lot of other companies outside of just the carriers that are ceasing their operations. Nike, Apple, Ikea, H&M, McDonald's recently just announced it as well. And they're pulling out of Russia based on what Russia did to Ukraine. And I won't go into all the political reasons for that, but just understand that there's also that operational side, logistics side, where it makes it very difficult for them to operate there. I mean, think about the Apple stores for a minute. I know Apple came out saying that they were working on shutting down some of their stores in Russia or all of their stores in Russia. And so, you know, they want to support the parties that are being affected negatively, but they also, how are they going to get their products to these stores? It's going to be very, very difficult for them to to get them there. Some other companies are even divesting their ownership if it's a Russian-based company. And we saw that with TJ Maxx was one of the, the companies that did that. There's also some oil companies. I think BP pulled out of their ownership of one of the largest oil companies in Russia. A lot of this comes at a very high cost, but there's, as I mentioned, massive political reasons as well as purely operational issues. I've talked a lot about overall supply chain disruptions, what's happening in Russia and Ukraine. There's other things that I, I won't go into on this podcast, such as companies that are maybe U.S.-based or foreign-based, but they have team members that are, are based in Ukraine or Russia, and that's going to affect them as well and how they're doing things. I know a lot of companies have tried to figure out ways to evacuate their employees that are based in Ukraine or Russia or try to do things to help support the cause and support those employees. I want to talk a little bit around the rising cost of oil. That's probably one of the biggest impacts that's out there right now when it comes to the shippers. It's something that I've studied a lot about just to see how it's going to impact clients of iDrive. It's also the meat of this podcast today. As of March 8th, the national average cost per regular gallon of gas was $4.17, the record for the highest gas price in the U.S. And this surpassed the record of an average of $4.11 that was set back in 2008 during the recession. We've surpassed that. And that's because of oil. As of this morning, oil is at $110 a barrel. It was recently as high as $130 a barrel. Some people have even come out saying, hey, this conflict is going to cause oil to go up to $300 a barrel. And as oil goes up, it has a lot of ramifications when it comes to the cost of delivered goods as well as manufactured goods. But specifically, I'm going to talk about the delivered goods and fuel surcharges and how the carriers are impacted by rising oil prices. Let's talk a little bit about the fuel surcharge. The fuel surcharge is tacked on to every small parcel package with the exception of USPS shipments. 
and it's also tacked on LTL and FTL shipments. So the carriers use a fuel index in order to assess a fuel surcharge. And so specifically what it says is prices per gallon of national U.S. average on highway diesel fuel. If it falls within a certain range, the carrier will assess a specific percentage as a fuel surcharge. So for example, if you go back to 2020, UPS on their website said, if the national U.S. average on highway diesel fuel is between $2.90 and $3.02 a gallon, it will be 7.5% fuel surcharge. And that's of your overall cost. It gets tacked on at the end. All surcharges are included in there as well as base transportation charges. And then they, they tack on that fuel surcharge on the end. We talked about this on a previous podcast, but the following year in July of 2021, that same band of $2.90 to $3.02 for that diesel fuel index, the fuel surcharge on that would be 7.75%, and so a slight increase. And that continued to increase since last year. Well, if you looked at the fuel index last year, you would see that at one point, the highest the fuel index went up to was $4.10 per gallon, which is above what we're seeing right now. So even the fuel index for the carriers didn't price in it being this high. But no fear, the carriers come out and adjust the fuel index tables all the time. Most recently they did here just a few weeks ago, they made some adjustments on them. When you look at that most recent one, you see that it's actually up to about 13% is what the fuel surcharge is. And that's a big increase. If you go back to what it was even a year and a half or two years ago, you're paying double for fuel. Well, there's a reason for it. The carriers are, are bearing a huge cost to deliver this. I mean, as oil goes up, the carriers are directly affected and therefore they're going to have to pass those costs on to clients in order to make sure that they can still operate at the profit margins that they've dictated. Now, as a side note, you may think 13% is really high, but if you come from the full truckload or less than truckload world, you're used to seeing fuel surcharges that are upwards of 30%. And so you probably think that's low, but in the small parcel world, it's pretty high at 13%. So you may be asking why, why is oil going so high? You know, what's causing that? And really a lot of it comes down to Russia accounts for about 11% of the total worldwide oil production. And so as all these countries went out there and sanctioned the oil, it's causing people to have to look elsewhere for it. And the supply and demand side of it, it's causing prices to go up as well as uncertainty around it. And that 11% of the total output that Russia accounts for, depending on the sources that you look at and depending on when you look at those sources, it puts them somewhere between second or third as the largest oil production country in the world. And so that's a big impact. And I don't think there's going to be any relief on that soon. And so what you're probably going to see is you're going to see the carriers are going to have to get a little more aggressive on the fuel. They're going to have to raise the rates of fuel. And we're going to see that those costs are going to get passed on to shippers and, and most likely ultimately consumers. And I think the fuel surcharge is just one thing that people probably aren't paying attention to as much as they should, but it's definitely going to affect them. I think the other side that is outside of the shipping world is that the world really runs on oil. I know a lot of countries have tried to get away from oil or they're trying to put things in place to get away from it. But the reality is it's really tough to get away from oil. Many of the products that are manufactured 
are manufactured using resources that involve oil somewhere along the line. And so for consumers, you're going to see probably a double whammy. You're going to see increased costs on shipping costs that get passed on to them, as well as increased cost of goods based on needing to use oil to create those goods. And so it's going to be something that we're going to have to navigate through as consumers. I want to talk lastly here around the effects in the U.S. and worldwide around some of the carriers. I talked about the fuel surcharge, rising cost of oil, and how that's being passed on. But I want to talk a little bit more about what some of the carriers have done as they've ceased their operations. Even ceasing their operations in these countries such as Ukraine and Russia isn't the full scope of what they have to do because of the conflict. UPS announced that they've had to stop flying cargo planes over Russia. There's a lot of safety issues that come from that. Specifically, I want to talk about an article that Doug Cameron put out there about UPS not flying cargo planes over Russia. So they're one of the air carriers that are having to take a longer alternative route to and from the U.S. and Asia. So this adds flight time. It adds higher fuel cost. And this is adding to the already stretched supply chain. We've been on other podcasts. We've talked about supply chain issues. And so now we're seeing additional operational issues that aren't necessarily in Ukraine and Russia that are affecting the carriers. This impacts their flying routes. It's adding a lot of costs and it's taking a lot longer for these aircraft to get to and from their location, not being able to fly over Russia like they did before. And I think there's other ramifications that I don't want to dive into. A lot of these flights involve pilots that are on highly regulated time schedules, the airtime. I think the FAA only allows a certain amount of flight time for these pilots. And so there's going to be scheduling issues that they're going to have to figure out. And so it's really a rippling effect from what's happening in Ukraine. Along those lines, FedEx added what some are calling a war surcharge, which is is really just an extension of their peak season surcharge that they already extended. But now they're adding 20 to 30 cents onto that, specifically for their international services. And UPS has come out with some things around that too. And so they're saying that these have to do with some of the uncertainty as well as the rising cost of doing business based on these things. And where do those costs go? They're going to get passed on to consumers. And I won't take the time to go into inflation and what's happening, but it's a very difficult situation right now. So what can you do as a business to navigate through these things? I think first and foremost, if you're a shipper, it's important that you have clear understanding that you're staying informed on what's happening. At some point, if the conflict continues to go on, you're going to have to think of contingency plans. You're going to have to figure out things outside of just passing the cost on to consumers, which is already being done at record levels. So staying informed is the most important thing that you can do as a business owner, especially if you're a shipper. If you want to help out with humanitarian efforts, there are a ton of humanitarian organizations that are trying to help the crisis if you want to get involved in that. I know at iDrive, we've been trying to figure out ways that we can help. A lot of people are doing things such as donating to Airbnb in order to cover the cost for these displaced refugees, which is just heartbreaking. But there's a lot of organizations that are trying to to help out. So just to, to rehash, go back to that quote that I had before. The line between disorder and order lies in logistics. Right now we're seeing a lot of disorder and logistics is tied up right to that. And so there's a lot of things that need to be figured out in the logistics space. We were already having massive supply chain disruptions. 
the issues that we're seeing right now, the conflict in Ukraine is just adding to those, those issues. These issues are causing a lot of effects to the carriers. It's also causing a lot of increased cost to the carriers as well as those operational issues. And those costs are going to get passed on to the shippers. Thank you for joining me today on TIP Logistics. As always, if you have any questions, please reach out. Jake at iDriveLogistics.com. And thanks for listening. Oh,